Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey from Corey's Digs. How are you doing, Corey? Hanging in there. It's been very busy the last couple days, but doing good. How about you? Doing good. I mean, it, talk about busy. Yeah. I mean, scrambling. I feel like I'm just treading water these days. Do you right? feel that way? Yes. It's been <laughs> crazy. I know. Like we're both dealing with potential moving situations and all kinds of craziness going on. It's hard to juggle. I feel like probably a lot of people are dealing with the exact same things as us. So we're all juggling fools right now. Yep. Yep. We are. It's important to keep our sanity at this time and um, try and stay positive. Sanity uh, left the window a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In all honesty. Yeah. But we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of things that have happened this week. A lot of things we've noticed that maybe have slipped under the radar that we wanted to touch on. Um, we're going to talk about the universal basic income pilot programs that are happening throughout the country, uh, several major cities where these investors like BlackRock are scooping up houses. We're going to definitely have to touch on the baby formula shortage and dig into that a little bit deeper. And um, of course, we're going to have to talk about this $40 billion sent off to Ukraine while we have massive inflation uh, and what all they're doing supposedly with that. But we know what they're doing. It's it's money laundering, right? Yeah. Um, good news coming out of the Senate this week, uh, blocking the Democrats' radical r- abortion bill. Uh, going to talk just briefly about 2,000 mules. I saw it. It was fantastic, uh, really compelling, and definitely need to see what you've been up to. I know that you've been on a lot of shows lately, so a lot of other people's podcasts and shows lately. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite busy. Um, some of them are still still up and coming but last night so we record thursdays and we publish friday mornings and so wednesday night i was on uh quite frankly with frank and sean from sgt i I love when the three of us go on and and all talk and bounce things off of each other so that was fun and then uh this morning at the crack of dawn anyone who knows me knows that's hell (laughs) I don't do the crack of dawn. You're not a morning Uh, person. Not at all. So very early this morning, I was on with um, uh, Financial Rebellion with Catherine Austin Fitz and Carolyn Betts and Polly Tomey talking about the, you know, who controls the food supply, controls the people and a a couple other things in there. And then next week, uh, I'm going to be on with Scott over at Bards of War. And then I have a couple others coming up. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be next week or the following week. I'm still email, still emailing on that. It's 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 been a little crazy. Yeah, so, busy busy. All right, we'll check those out. We'll have to leave a link in the description so people can definitely find those and get some more content because I know that uh, you know a lot of people can't get enough of your content. So, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> it's a lot of content. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I know that you posted a couple of things on over on Gab um, this week that we wanted to touch on a little bit more. And one of them was this um, pilot program for basically a universal income, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure most people are, have heard of this or are more familiar uh, with it. Uh, but so, so the one you have, I actually ended up doing another post that was on top of that one that has more information, but it's already over in 57 cities right now. And probably quite a bit more than that would be my guess. And 
it's just, we know where everything's going. So it's disturbing because it's not, they're giving them these cards and they get like 500 to a thousand dollars a month. Um, and I, and I don't know if it's like a year or three years on some of these and they get to spend it on whatever they want. And of course they're tracking their spending. And this is, this is the perfect, perfect setup for, you know, then flipping it over. Well, this is now your official digital identity and we're going to control that spending. And so, uh, Los Angeles had rolled out back in 2020, they had done their Angelino card, which was the precursor to the guaranteed income pilot they were working on. And they had categorized it and they showed that food was made up 40% of what people were, you know, spending their money on and then retail, financial utilities, transit, home, health services, other. So it's interesting when I just look at those categories, I'm like, oh, just like the categories they have on our bank accounts. Right. The tracking all of it. And I absolutely, this comes um, from, you know, as a predecessor, I would say to the digital currency, digital ID control system, they're piloting it, they're tracking people, seeing what they're spending their money on, and really getting kind of people hooked on that nanny state, right? Um, So you're, you're hooked into the system, and you'll easily be one to transition over into that digital ID when they roll that all out, right? Right, right. And if you click on the, the first little purple box there, I mean, they tell you right here that they're, their goal is to get this into, take these the data from these pilots into a federal policy. And so I just did a quick search. There could be more out there because you know how people will submit multiple similar bills, but there was one introduced uh, last year. It's still just sitting there. It's just been introduced, but it was introduced last year. They're, so they're already trying to get this into a federal policy where we're going to have this guaranteed basic income and socialism and if they can control our money and all that good stuff. So it's something to keep our eyes on. And um, Austin, Texas just became the first Texas city to approve their pilot. I mean, this is happening all over red states, blue states, doesn't matter. Crazy. And of course, yeah, it's just, it's just free money. It just comes out of thin air, right? I mean, taxpayers not put on the taxpayers back this giant amount of debt uh, while we have inflation. You know, they're going to, they're, they're, yeah, they're going to (laughs) target some of the people they're going to target, of course, are going to be, you know, single moms and college students and um, people that would obviously be more in need of this. And, um, and then, you know, that we just look at the way they're, they're brainwashing from birth up through college on, on what's going on out there. It's, it's, I'm so glad you got your kids out of public school. It's really just getting off the charts bad. And so they're, they're, you know, seeding all of their minds, especially up through college on how this, this will be like a great new system and you don't want to own anything and you just keep yourself plugged into that smartphone and we're going to hand you out some income and this is how it's all going to work. And isn't it going to be great? Right, right. And then Eventually, it'll be like, oops, your car didn't work because you know what? You, <laughs> right. You're not allowed to buy that gasoline or, oh, no, you're not allowed to buy that cheeseburger. We know what's best. Nanny State knows what's best. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
All right. So moving on to the other thing that you posted, and this is about a topic that we've been, you know, touching on for some time now. Uh, obviously, right. uh, the housing market crazy. It looks like it's starting to to slow down a bit, but you know, when you have these massive investors like BlackRock, for example, scooping up Goldman um, Sachs, mm-hmm. yeah, Goldman Sachs just bought up communities. Actually, Edge, click on that link. So this is a Washington Post article. Um, but here's what here's what I appreciate about it. If you scroll down a little bit, there's a uh, drop down. There you go. See the map? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got this wonderful little heat map. And this shows, so they're saying that last year in 2021, one in seven homes that were purchased were purchased by investors. Now they're running the light yellow at 0% up to the, the you know brown at 30%. And so you look at Atlanta and you see how they start at the center point and how the colors start to get lighter as they move out. And the drop down has, I think, 40, 40 metropolitan areas in there. So you can see the same patterns. And if you're in one of these areas and you look at it, you can see they're going for the lower to middle income. They're scooping them up. They're converting them into rentals. And so this, this just speaks to everything we've been talking about with the whole smart grid control system and the infrastructure that's already, you know, somewhat developed in cities and not even necessarily big cities. It could be like a suburb on the outskirts that has 150,000 people in it. So this, this just, to me, like I, you know, I like to look at maps and patterns and timelines and all that. So I clicked through every single, (laughs) all 40 of them, because I wanted to see the patterns and see what it is they're up to. Um, And of course, some of these might not be the big bad investors. You know, we don't know who every single investor is there, but it's quite apparent that we've already gotten a lot of information on, um, on them buying up homes and converting them into rentals. And then what happens is, now they're they're raising the rents and so those lower income people are getting booted out and a lot of the neighborhoods they are buying places up in are black neighborhoods so now what's that going to do you know create create a situation where a lot of people are in need of a place to live and they're gonna let me guess they're gonna be the saviors yes they're gonna be the saviors they're gonna swoop in with Yep. Yep. Government's going to swoop in and say, this is total racial displacement. Oh my gosh. What have these investors done? We now need to come in and we definitely need to do this basic income for people to survive and on and on and on. It, it blows me universal away. Universal basic housing, right? I mean, yeah. you can do universal and basic everything. Yeah. And it's comical because they'll sit and they'll target one another, right? It, it's all theater. They just, the investors will target gov, gov will target invest, and they're, it's all they're one all in the in. same. Right. I mean, it's yeah. a, the public private par- partnership that we see <laughs> happening everywhere globally on a global scale, whether you're talking about big pharma, whether you're talking about, you know, you know, housing industry, whatever it is, it's this public private partnership. It's really fascism where they're working together against the people. Yep. Absolutely. Unbelievable. I just wanted to point that out. I know that, you know, we've been talking about it for a while, but when I came across these maps, I was like drooling over these maps because I like to be able to review like hard data, you know? So, um, 
I've been hoping to see some kind of a map for a long time. So this was actually published by WAPO in February. One of the few times I will say kudos to WAPO. <laughs> God, that does, wow, those two uh, words, it's just like an oxymoron. I know, I know. All right, so uh, you published something since the last time we recorded, and uh, we need to, we're going to talk about food, uh, I think, for a significant portion of this podcast, particularly baby formula. So this kind of uh, feeds into that topic. So tell us about this. Actually, this article was written by... Yeah, this is by Pete Kennedy. He wrote it for the Solari Report, and I asked Catherine if I could republish it because <clears throat> I had just finished, you know, the big report on the food industry, and it was it was rather daunting and heavy. And when I saw this, I said, "Oh, here's some great solutions. I really need to publish this." He's got some terrific resources in here on finding sources of fresh food, so I highly recommend uh, people go in and check this out. It's, it's, it's good. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. In a world full of millions of problems, very few solutions lately, and we do try to balance it with solutions instead of bringing all this negative heavy stuff. I know. So definitely oh. check out this um, article published on Corey's Digs by Pete Kennedy on some awesome food sources because it's great to have food security these days when we have the Biden regime doing everything possible to make our food security uh, less secure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of which, I mean, I think the big topic this week um, that has gotten a lot of um, play in the alternative news and in social media, not necessarily on the um, failed legacy media that's just the mockingbird <laughs> media, um, which is the uh, shortage of baby formula. And this is becoming a big, big problem from what I understand. Um, a lot of mothers who um, have infants um, that require baby formula are really kind of in panic mode right now. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of this stems from a plant that is owned by Abbott. And uh, this plant was shut down and has been shut down for about three months. Uh, the FDA had done some sort of investigation, and this was all based off of a so-called whistleblower uh, that presented, you know, some, you know, I guess evidence uh, as far as um, unsafe practices that were being conducted at this facility. So I want to go through kind of a timeline here because uh, I think it's important and it may connect some dots. Uh, I know no, people- wait, can you scroll back up that chart? Um, because so just so people know this, this information was hitting and I was, I was busy with emails and shows and everything while this was going on. And so when edge brought this to my attention, I was, um, I started digging into something, which we'll go over after this, but I didn't get the entire backstory on this. And so I'm curious as far as um, like this. So this chart, I'm just glancing at this chart because I wanted to know, is Abbott like the primary source or are there yeah. other facilities? Yeah, there's primary. Uh, so Abbott has a Sturgis plant. And from what I understand, um, Abbott provides about 40%, about 40% of the baby formula um, you know, and so it's a wow. huge, yeah, they have a huge market share of the, the baby formula, 
formula supply in the states. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing right now, because this plant shut down, is about a 40% reduction in the stock. Uh, stockpile. Um, So, you know, people are going to the stores, they're not seeing uh, their formula on the shelves, um, because in a lot of places because of this. Um, So just looking at the timeline, it's really kind of interesting and connecting some dots here. Um, So the FDA um, conducted, I I guess, a standard sort of inspection there and observed a few um, things as far as poor hand washing by plant staff and stuff like that. Then in October 2021, a whistleblower sent an, a letter to um, a congresswoman by the name of um, Rosa Delora and Deloro. And so I kind of want to a 34 page document she mm-hmm. sent. I kind of want to insert some more information into this timeline here that kind of may may coincide. So it looks like the Good Food Institute, this is a, uh, you know, the Good Food Institute, Corey, right? You may have even reported on it. I mean, it's totally a Bill Gates sort of thing. I mean, these are the people that are looking into alternative proteins, basically lab-grown meat, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, they're a huge lobby and they, they love Rosa DeLauro because she's, you know, kind of an advocate for them. She's, you know, one of their allies. And Rosa DeLauro in, in Congress has really just made it her priority, her life's work to reform the USDA, the agricultural and food regulations, all of this. And she's a big time supporter of these alternative fake meat sort of I'm, companies. I'm sorry. I have to read this one sentence. I'm like reading this as you're going along. Specifically, we request that you direct the USDA to spend $50 million of existing funds on research that advances the development of alternative protein for human consumption. Yeah, and who do they send it to? They send it to their friend and ally in Congress that they know is going to advocate for them, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens, of course, the USDA announces that they are going to spend more than $164 million. This was back in October of 2021 Uh on sustainable agriculture. You need to look at this date, October 2021, because a lot of stuff was happening in October 2021. Uh Um, They're spending millions and millions of dollars on growing this industry um for you know the sustainable agriculture and all of the lab grown meats and that sort of a thing in fact 10 million of it went to um developing a cell national institute for cellular report we covered last week i have this exact thing in my report yeah And, and who's cheering it on oh rosa deloro USDA's historic funding for a National Institute for Cellular Agriculture is an important advancement for cultivated meat research and science. I am pleased that the USDA's leadership continues to recognize the important role these technologies can play in combating climate change and adding much-needed resiliency to our food system. Okay, Mm -hmm. so how does this connect? Well, it's Rosa I don't know if we, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I don't know if we even said, just so people know, Good Food Institute is Bill Gates. Absolutely. And guess what else is Bill Gates? 
Yeah. Biomilk. <laughs> okay. Biomilk with a Q. Um, also in October of 2021, Bill Gates and Co. through Breakthrough Energy Ventures and other assorted ventures funded this biomilk company, which is lab-grown breast milk to the tune of about $21 million. So they're really, really pushing this bio milk in October, right? What else happens in October? What did that say about Nova Holdings? Huh? Nova Holdings and Breakthrough Energy Ventures. Okay. Yeah, and Breakthrough Energy Ventures, just just to remind people, Breakthrough Energy, or Breakthrough Ventures is basically Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Richard Branson, Jack Ma, uh, Mike Bloomberg. Um, so all of the same, you know, players, globalist yeah. players. Okay, so October again, October 2021. This Purple happens to be when their friend and ally, Rosa DeLauro, receives some sort of whistleblower letter um, about this Abbott uh, f- baby formula f- facility with all of these violations, right? Yeah. Yeah. The FDA then sits on that because she submitted it to the FDA October 20th, 2021. The FDA sits on that for months. Mm-hmm. Then in January-ish, is when they started doing some sort of investigation based off of that whistleblower complaint. And um, since that investigation was conducted, Abbott is saying, look, the FDA's investigation revealed that the infant formula produced at our Sturgis facility is not the likely source of infection. However, this facility has been now shut down for three months. Okay, and so a lot of that has to do, I believe, with this whistleblower, quote unquote, whistleblower uh, letter that Rosa DeLauro submitted. And all of this in the long run really benefits who? It benefits the, you know, her friends and allies in the alternative protein business, right? So I know that uh, we were going to kind of dive into do am I so I saw in in comments um on a post this morning that there were they're saying that there were two children that died that they're saying is from that okay Mm -hmm. yeah well well not necessarily from that two children that we know of two babies um died from a bacterial infection and Abbott is saying look there's these are all their bullet points they look they're like look um the 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 tests that were taken from the babies those didn't match anything from the samples from our factory mm-hmm. the tests that were taken from the baby's formulas that uh, from of the babies who were sick none of those um those those were all tested negative um all of the babies that you're saying that have some sort of micro uh some sort of uh, bacterial infection they all drank different formulas and they all got sick at different months like a, a span of several months all in different states none of this links none of this has any kind of correlation to our facility it may be some other things in their own home that they're um, getting bacterial infections or the breast milk from those who received the jab who knows well i mean if they're doing formula then 
I guess it's possible that they could also be breastfeeding, but um, there are, uh, there are countless ways that babies can receive bacterial infections. And it just looks like really shady. Like there's not a a really solid link to this factory. And even the FDA investigation concluded that it's not very likely, but even if they were erring on the safe side here, okay, do a recall. But why are you got to keep the the factory shut down for three months? And, right, exactly. Right. Okay. Right. So I know that. Um, and one other thing to mention, though, is that now we have this shortage going on of about forty percent, like reduction in the the supply. The Biden mm-hmm. regime is, meanwhile, sending off pallets of baby formula to the border where people are in facilities um, to give to the um, the migrants, you know, the illegal aliens that are coming here. Right. So, I mean, yeah. it shows you where their priorities are. But getting back to this whole um, lab-grown baby milk, baby formula, mm-hmm. um, I know that you had done a little bit of research on that on as far as Gates funding that. Yeah, I mean, I just did a really quick search. So as soon as something comes up, and I know it's, you know, the the Bill Gray, Bill Gates, um, CIA-backed deep state organization where he's just their front man, anytime the name Bill Gates is attached to anything, I go right into their grants. And so there's actually quite a few. I just selected a few to share here. Uh, so we got Johns Hopkins, right? This was May 2018, $1.2 million to determine the extent to which breast milk nutrients, bioactive components, and microbiome vary by maternal nutritional status as to discern implications of breast milk quality on infant growth in rural Bangladesh. Okay, that's one. We've, we've got a lot of these going on here. Um, like I said, I'm just going to show you three of them. In August 2018, $8 million to the Helen Keller International to generate evidence, build capacity, and improve policies related to marketing and consumption of breast milk substitutes and foods for infants and young children globally and in countries where evidence generation is supported. That's a big key one right there. The next one, my favorite, the USDA, yes, of course, of course, Gates funds the USDA. That would only make sense. So we have 6.1 million to develop reference values for nutrients and other constituents of human milk. So I found the document under clinicaltrials.gov. Um, I'm not going to read through this, but we'll link it below if you want to read it. And we've got under the collaborators there on the top left, of course, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is listed. And so they carried out all this research. And in addition to that, by the request uh, of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, colostrum and fecal microbiota samples will also be collected and stored for later analysis. Um, They have funded millions and millions to the USDA. So no one should kid themselves on how involved they are with pulling, uh, pulling agendas in their direction. We'll put it that way. 
Yeah. I mean, it's always problem, reaction, solution. Okay. You create a supply chain disruption. You cause Mm -hmm. a scare in the public of contaminated food and food supply shortage. And then you swoop in with your more government funding and your more your greater market share on your lab grown meats, your lab grown baby milk, your lab grown everything, right? Right. Every damn thing's going to be in a lab and everything's going to be genetically modified. It's insanity, complete insanity. Yeah, it is. All right. So I think that we covered that pretty well. Um, just anything else you wanted to say before we move on to the next thing? No, that, that pretty much sums up that nightmare. Only, only that, only oh. that I, yeah. I wonder if the two, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the story on it, but <clears throat> oftentimes what happens is either people didn't even really die and they're, they've created this to manufacture the, uh, the crisis or they did and they know exactly what they died from, but they're using them to say it's something else in order to carry out their agenda. So I don't know what the case is here. If two children did die, that is absolutely awful. Um, but yeah, yeah. So this is from the Weston A. Price Foundation um, homemade baby formula. So for anyone who is unable to breastfeed and you are searching uh, for baby formula and having a difficult time, they have several recipes in here. So we'll put that link below as well. Yeah, that's a good resource, especially for um, for people right now. So um, who are scrambling and can't find what they right. need on the shelves. All right, so moving on to another nightmare. Sorry to bring some more bad news um, for this week, but um, definitely something that we need to talk about. Um, The $40 billion Ukraine bill uh, that passed in the House. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars in military funding to which Russia is now saying this kind of funding is essentially orchestrating a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia. And uh, not that I like to agree with Russia, but, you know, yeah, I feel like we're definitely um, escalating things here, don't you? Yes, in a giant slush fund, we sure are. A hundred percent a giant slush fund. I mean, mm-hmm. billions in so-called humanitarian aid, including supposedly helping to combat human trafficking, food shortages, and drug trafficking, among other things, in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're facing these very same crises in America. Right. right. The DC Uniparty doesn't care about that. But Edge, don't you know that the new basic income cards for $500 to $1,000 a month are going to save the day? And that's why they're going to need to put this policy in place because they've given all of, what, all of our taxpayer dollars away and they've, the printing presses have run dry. Yep, yep. How many, other, how many other countries are funding Ukraine right now? I wonder. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. It's always going to be the United States as the primary funder. Right. right. And everything and everything, the World Health Organization, the UN, the, you know, everything. We're the, the primary funder. Um, so no doubt we're the primary funder in perpetuating this uh, war that's continuing to occur in Ukraine. Yeah. And what, meanwhile, plundering, they are plundering the last remains of, um, you know, our uh, finances here in the U.S. and just siphoning it off and laundering it. We know that's what's really happening. I yeah, mean, and seen- and, uh, just so people know, 149 Republicans uh, also voted for this. So, yep, yep. yep. That's why the I say the federal government is a shit show. 
DCU in a party. Uh, very few, I think it was 57 who voted against it. That's it. That's all we got in the yeah. House. Um, I've seen reports on the ground going back to the the money laundering about how this is all a scam. I've seen just anecdotal reports from people on the ground in Ukraine, who citizens saying that all of this aid that keeps getting sent there, they're not receiving any of it. And it's getting sold on the black market. <laughs> Yeah. So um, the U.S. the U.S. has confirmed that the military funding and you know the aid that we're getting getting over there giving over there, there's really no way of tracking it. One, you know, where it ends right. up. So we know this is a big money laundering scheme, and it's just absolutely sickening to see how many people are in favor of it. Um, Three hundred and sixty-eight total in the House voted for it. One hundred and forty-nine Republicans, only fifty-seven voted no and this thing is expected to pass in the coming days just a few days in the senate unreal yeah unreal absolutely sickening um but some good news some good news um so we you know following the scotus leak right which we know that was all orchestrated of course yeah following the scotus leak and the organized protests outside the Supreme Court justices' homes, which haven't been condemned at all by the Biden regime, the Democrats put up this radical abortion bill this week to what they say was, you know, to codify Roe v. Wade because of the SCOTUS impending ruling. But this bill was way, way more than codifying Roe v. Wade. We're talking about extremely radical language, intentionally vague to allow late-term abortions. I mean, really abortions of any at any point during the pregnancy, allowing abort for uh, uh, abortions for all kinds of reasons like sex selection. I mean, wiping this out- horrific all kinds of state laws protecting life, protecting the healthcare providers who have uh, conscientious, conscientious objections or religious objections and just wiping all of that out. Well, thankfully, thank God, um, the uh, Kamala was there in the Senate uh, during the vote this week, but Joe Manchin uh, voted no along with all of the Republicans and blocked this garbage piece of legisl- legislation. Good. Good deal. Yeah. So that's some bit of good news for for this week. So uh, winning at least on that level on uh, on life abortions. That just makes me want to throw up. Right. I mean, that's just straight up, you you know, eugenics. If you could, uh, you know, abort for those types of reasons. But Mm. uh, more good news. Um, I I don't think that you had time. You've been so crazy. I don't think you've had time to catch. I I have not seen this yet. Okay, I watched 2000 Mules last weekend. It was fantastic. It was well done. Uh, kudos to Dinesh D'Souza and the whole team at Truth, True the Vote. Um, on the evidence that they presented, it was, it was pretty compelling. And um, it was really all about how they used geotracking to um, determine patterns among these mules in various key cities throughout the country. And these uh, mules were making, you know, sometimes an average of like 50 stops. They'd go to this stash house, what like usually it would be a, like a nonprofit organization that was trying to help get out the vote, right? Those mm-hmm. crooked nonprofits. And then they would make these drops to like 50 different locations of multiple ballots in each location. And so they were using this geo tracking data 
plus finding surveillance footage on some of these drop locations and matching that up. And so it was really compelling evidence that anybody who sees it were like, God, this has to absolutely get investigated. And so why hasn't it been investigated? And we know why. I mean, because they've mm-hmm. had this kind of this kind of technology um, all along. In fact, just last week, um, it, it came out that the CDC had bought the same sort of cell phone data tracking data to find out if people were complying with vaccination mandates, with lockdown mandates, that sort of a thing. So they can track you for the things they want to track you for, but oh, no, no, I'm not going to track those mules. No, right? <laughs> right. Well, you know what I really appreciate about this is that they used the technology weapons that are always used against us, and they used it on that to do the geofencing and geotracking. Exactly. Using yep. their their weapons against them. So That's yeah. Right. And we also know that they did the same sort of a thing with everybody who attended the January 6th rally, right? I mean, they they mm-hmm. the FBI used geotracking to track down everybody who was there in January 6th and then follow up sorry, then follow up with them on mm-hmm. um, you know, Anybody who was there, they followed up with them later, you know, knocking on the doors. Unbelievable. So, so they, they absolutely have this, this capability to use this kind of data oh, and yeah. they purposely have not uh, looked into this for obvious reasons. And we can only hope, I think, and this is when I saw the movie, I was like, so what now? What now? Right. I mean, this is so devastating. Why, you know, how right. can we get something done? Maybe if there's a sheriff out there, in each of these cities, maybe they're going to be courageous enough to do something finally, right? Right. Well, it looks like at least um, in Yuma County, which is in Arizona, they have announced that they are launching or have launched an investigation following the 2000 Mules um, documentary. So that's good news to see. And I'm hoping that this is going to be a trend. And some of these um, states where there are still some, you know, good people at the local level, um, actually doing the the work that needs to be done to follow up with these people, because they can connect, uh, law enforcement can connect that geo tracking information to a person, right? right, and then go and contact that person and find out. And then get yeah. that person to spill the beans on who they got, you know, what stash houses they got those ballots at and, yeah. you know, who paid them and all of that. Right. And just go up and up and up the chain. Should, um, we, should we start taking bets on uh, we, we, sh- we should set up a whole little chart <laughs> like they do for football bets, you know, right on, on who all was paying for this. Oh yeah. I'm sure it's a, a, I'm sure we'd have some, we could guess some of the names on oh, that yeah. list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, just want to give one brief um, notice to everybody heads up of what's going on at the world health organization assembly. We've talked about this last week, uh, right. but that vote is coming up pretty soon here. And people need to get loud about this, about this, this vote that's happening uh, to basically have our, each of our countries hand over sovereignty in the event of a so-called emergency declared by the World Health Organization. 
my, my cat's chiming in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like this guy, James Roguski, um, he's been on top of it and he has been, um, you know, putting out a lot of articles on his Substack about this and actually with some quality, you know, good links on how you can contact your representative. Um, and I know that by the time we publish this, uh, this probably will have run out, but um, making complaints to the actual um, HHS um, before the deadline, which is the 13th, um, before this, this vote that's happening at the World Health Organization yeah, Assembly. And, and, you know, I just want to say, so <clears throat> we did, we covered it last week when we were covering my whole food industry uh, report because this doesn't just affect health. They're using foodborne disease and antimicrobial resistance as reasons to include food under this. So, and we already went over that in last week's podcast. If anyone missed it, I highly recommend watching that. So you understand what's happening with the food industry and with the who in the UN um, involvement and codex alimentarius and all that. Um, but, you know, Ed, I just, I sit back and I look at all this and I go, they have no authority. I mean, they have, I don't, I'm, I'm not sold on them being able to come in and do this um just simply override our constitutions and our laws and because one person where it's not even voted on by congress i don't believe um says that he's going to sell out the united states of america um i gotta believe that states could stand up and say hey we're not you know we're not going to follow any authority coming out of the who uh, but I don't know. I don't know. The Senate, need, the like, Senate uh, needs to stand up and say something. I haven't heard a peep from them. Um, no. They need to stand up and say something because the Senate should have the power to say that. And so, but they haven't. They've been dead silent on this topic, which uh, to me tells me exactly where they stand on it. I mean, let's give you a bunch of distractions. Um, meanwhile, let this just slide on by. Right. And, and it's, it's like the whole Codex Alimentarius where there's really no law there. There's just like these standards and regulations they're putting out all coming out of the UN and all the member states are following suit and all the, you know, food production facilities and farming and everything. Cause it's literally from like seed to in your mouth, everything you ingest goes, goes through this. Um, and now they're going for supplements, going after the vitamin supplements and, it's totally illegal. It's completely illegal. And so if people just blindly follow along with this, assuming they have this authority, this opens the door to allow them to have complete control over other areas too. That is literally, you open that door and there's no turning back. It's, it's like the masks to COVID is, is, is comparable to what this would do to, oh, now the UN's going to come in and take over the government. No more are we having a 2024 presidential election, which I do believe is at risk at this point. So Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's the same thing, like you were saying, with the mask mandates, with the vaccine mandates, with all of these mandates, there was no legal precedent for any of it. Mm -mm. And it was really purely based off of um, people being Guilt. fearful, put into fear uh, and compliance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There was no legal grounds for it. And they knew that, but they were just 
hoping that there wasn't going to be such a pushback against it. And right. Um, and this needs to be pushed back on hardcore. So mm -hmm. everyone needs to call all their local officials, reach out to Senate, hammer the heck out of this because this is this can't fly because unfortunately there's too many people out there that will just blindly follow along without understanding. They don't, have, I, I don't personally believe they have the authority. I don't either, but we have, we have the authority. We just have to assume control of our own authority That's right. and, uh, and, and take that power and um, do something about it. Get loud about it because mm -hmm. um, this is a, a big power grab that they're trying yeah. to attempt and they're banking on be people's compliance. They don't care if it's legal. They don't care right. about any of that. That's right. Yeah. Their whole goal all along was to control the food industry. And this, this will just hammer that home. And I mean, that's our survival right there. And then they go in and move in to take over Government have their one world government that they've dreamed of forever. Uh, not if I can help it. That's or right. Anyone else here listening, I'm sure feels the same. So, yep. All right. I think that kind of wraps it up for everything we wanted to chat about today. Anything else you want to add? Um, I just got, I haven't tried it yet. A new food dehydrator. I've never done it before in my life. So I had, I had asked people on uh, gab, uh, who've had experience with food dehydrators what's like the best one and hands down the majority of people said excalibur brand they're not the cheapest but um a lot of people in there said they're phenomenal they're fantastic they last 20 years you know so nice. if, if anyone's looking for one just adds up that's the seems to be the general consensus from my post is most people said Excalibur. So nice. I wish I'd known that. I don't even know oh. what my brand is. We got one last year. And after Have you we used it yet? Yes. Yes. We were using it like crazy last year. Anything that we grew uh, that we couldn't consume before it started to spoil, we would just go ahead and de dehydrate it. And we kind of learned, nice. you know, what you need to dehydrate, what you need to jar. Uh, what tastes good after it's dehydrated? What doesn't? <laughs> okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk later because I, I need some tips on what to get started with. Did you do Did you do jerky at all? We did. We tried jerky. That wasn't. I wasn't a fan. Maybe I just didn't do it right. I'm gonna have to try it and experiment. Huh. But the fruits turned out great, and all of our herbs, we've used those throughout the years because, you know, I mean, throughout the rest of the year, we were able to use our um, uh, dehydrated herbs that we had grown over the, the so spring you, and summer. Do you dehydrate them, and then you just, like, crunch it up and put mm -hmm. it in a little spice jar deal? Yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, cool. So. And guys, uh, please be, you know, please share in the comments any kind of ideas like that, whether it's yeah. growing, dehydrating, jarring. We love that stuff. Anything that is going to be helpful. Recipe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today here on Dig It with myself and Corey Len of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Tune in and YouTube, and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.